Welcome to the Money and Time Machine podcast, where you can learn how to rage against the theft of your financial future by listening to a unique perspective on what's holding you back from a life of more money and more time. Hello and welcome to the Money and Time Machine podcast. I'm your host, Justin Paul. Welcome to episode 225, The Next Generation Blame Game. Last week's episode didn't happen because I didn't happen, and I'm glad to be back. But uh, COVID came to visit me and my family. All five of us got it, and we're in the last phase of self-isolation. It wouldn't have mattered except I lost my voice early in the piece because it took hold of my lungs and chest, and it reminded me of a habit I'll need to go back to, which is to always have a backup episode ready. But I am happy to be back, feeling a little fresher. I've been investing a little more of late in the crypto space, a medium I've slowly been grafting into. You've heard me speak about qualitative research and why. Because like all things that are not familiar or perhaps new, there's an element of risk, and the best way to counter risk is by doing your own research, by engaging in your own practice, by being in control, and of course, having knowledge. Ignorance isn't bliss. It simply means to not know, and with so much information available at a press of a button, there's really no excuse for anyone to not start off their journey to knowing more about something than you previously may have. To know more simply stems from your own personal desire to want to know more about something. What spurred this episode was a commentary by a supposed financial planner on an early morning show here in Australia, talking about the current generation in relation to cryptocurrencies. It was a lot of waffle about generalities. Yes, people have made fortunes in crypto, but that they are rare. That there is a huge crypto mania amongst the younger generations in particular, and that many have lost money in search of their fortune, and that crypto isn't really a get-rich-quick medium. They suggested a toning down on this misguided belief that cryptocurrency is going to take over from the more conventional modalities of shares and real estate and so forth, and that it pays to be careful and, more importantly, to be realistic. Now, in the grand scheme of things, there was no surprise, there was really nothing special in that commentary And I'm not even really sure what riled me up. Perhaps it was the undertone of to be realistic and the siphoning down to, you know, trying to maintain the status quo. How dare you have aspirations beyond just making a quid? It struck me that of any generation, the current or latest generation would most naturally be more apt to adopting blockchain and the subsequent cryptomania because it's a newer form of technology. It's viewed with a little less skepticism, and obviously it's viewed by a lot of skepticism and cynicism by people of earlier generations. In fact, a few short years ago, a business owner I worked for scoffed at the idea of Bitcoin. I'm only talking about four to five years ago. He eventually sold his business and put a a small portion, a couple of hundred thousand dollars into crypto, And he made a multi-million dollar return on his investment. In fact, he now has his own venture capital business and he mines Bitcoin, amongst others. 
Don't think of cryptocurrency as a way of getting rich quick. I would tend to agree with that. Since spending the last decade getting my head around cryptocurrency, I'm more of a long-term investor. It's exactly because banks, governments, and the likes of PayPal and other institutions are looking at crypto and the crypto space with such disdain and some interest, I'm sure, that has intrigued me. And it won't surprise me that governments will eventually regulate it. I know they're working hard um, in that particular endeavor. Because anything that they can't control is a threat to them. But still, I'll carry on in this media spiel. The rhetoric was, stick to the basic principles of shares, real estate, and oh, yes, work hard. Now, what upset me? Well, it painted a picture of the current generation as being greedy and self-entitled and looking for a quick fix. Furthermore, it painted cryptocurrencies as a guest that has overstayed its welcome. Yes, it was nice at first, all the great stories of its travels from unknown origins and all the wonderful experiences people have had in its wake, but now, now with the not-so-nice stories, the fall and demise of people with unrealistic expectations, and people who have literally lost their minds, it would be best if it just moved on. I confessed to being nonplussed in my earlier years, but... As I grasped the significance of blockchain and a centralized banking system, cryptocurrency as it is evolving from and into, I remain steadfast that the old system is threatened by what has and is transpiring. I hasten to add that instead of jumping onto the mainstream narrative that cryptocurrencies, well, it's just another fad, that you have a very good look at the economic situation that the world is in now and ask yourself if our current financial system isn't really in need of a revamp anyway. And if cryptocurrencies are in fact to be a possible solution for you to think in terms of what's in it for me. It's time for you to start investigating more actively the things you are supposed to be afraid of. It's time for you to move from this self-sacrificing perspective that you have been indoctrinated with, that it's part and parcel of most of our lives, into a perspective of more self-interest. If anyone would have a case against the current self-entitled blame past generations for the current economic state of affairs cohort, it would be me. And I'm sure a lot of people in my age group, probably have some uh, similar sentiments. I have three stepsons, one or two of whom I consider have slightly warped perceptions and ideas on things like capitalism, communism, socialism, and life in general. And all I can say is, look, I wish them well. I was young too, or younger too. And so I'm not averse to people having different views uh, as I had different views to that of my father and mother. Yes, I am from another generation as compared to those born in recent decades, but there's something that hasn't changed and doesn't change over time, and that's wisdom and knowledge. So I'd like to think I've, I've accrued just a smidge of that, an overview, a case of seeing the forest from the trees. I was also confused once upon a time, and maybe I still am, but I figured out a few things. 
but I had to go out in search of the answers, and I've earned them. Once upon a time, you and I were the new or next generation, as were our parents and grandparents and their parents before them. Life conditions changed naturally from what they were to what they are now, and the future will unfold into whatever and however it will be. But here's where the fallacy of blaming or picking on the next generation falls apart, at least for me. When you look back into history to analyze the demographics and the infographics, the sequence from birth through to death, not much has changed. The mood may vary from chaos to death, from the rebirth and the subsequent re-emergence and everything in between, but the stories and the myths are always the same. Each era is filled with new people tagged with new names so that we can differentiate and distinguish between the coming of the new and the ending of the old. To me, it's just newer life conditions layered upon older life conditions, creating a tapestry of different thinking systems coexisting as best we all can to become as successful as we all can be. And that is where cryptocurrency potentially could take us. Out of the old, dysfunctional, archaic system that has been exploited and rigged to a more open and equitable system. For now, the opportunities are really for the rebels and opportunists and those open-minded enough to explore opportunities in an area many are afraid of for now. I'm going to suggest that whilst cryptocurrency is still a feared and uncertain commodity, this is exactly the time to make hay while the sun shines. And yes, the opportunities are still available. What riled me up when listening to the financial advisor with her rather lackluster but well, I mean, I'll call it what it is. It was plausible views on cryptocurrency. It was the, the psychopathology. That's the problem with propaganda. It has some truth in it. It painted a bleak picture of people supposedly addicted to a medium with more downside than up. There's been an increase in therapists dealing with the unrealistic expectations of the quote-unquote money-for-nothing generation. Yet... If we look back at the psychopathology of conventional wisdom and conventional financial well-being, the statistics don't bode much better. A life of indentured servitude, having to sacrifice your best years in sacrifice for other people and for the greater good, and for a life filled with promises in the afterlife. I may appear to be cynical, but I promise you I'm always happy to be wrong in my estimations if evidence suggests otherwise. Our younger generation are asking how, in heaven's name, they are going to support massive mortgages in the face of rising house prices, dealing with inflation with stagnant pay rates, and raising families with jobs that have disappeared before their eyes. My partner's eldest son just moved back in with us after leaving home almost 10 years ago. He followed the conventional wisdom, and despite working very hard, life seems to have got the better of him, just for the moment anyway, but we're glad to have him back nonetheless. I first read Roger Bootle's book, Money for Nothing, around 2008. It was about the plausibility of our economic system transitioning through a phase of unsustainability without the harsh reality of an implosion. To my way of thinking, that's exactly what's happening. There is an unstable displacement of the old with the new so as to limit the possible catastrophic effects of too much change in too short a span of time. There's a transition of wealth happening right under our noses, 
And when that switch is done, ladies and gentlemen, let me assure you for the record, it will have been a case of better to have been too early than a minute too late. For those of you who were unaware and didn't plan to make the best of that once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. What made me mad was that the media enjoys playing generations off each other or against each other, always creating someone, a cohort, or presenting a villain to blame, all the while playing the long game. Distortion and deletion. This time, it was the current generation. And they laid bare the results of the money-for-nothing complex as though the hysteria that is cryptocurrency was to blame. I'm going to leave a link in this podcast, and it's a link to Strauss and Howe's theory of generations and how they play out in an interesting cycle, a pattern where generations before and or after play a pivotal role in our revolutionary process, so that we don't get caught up in blaming the roles of generational cohorts. Instead, that we can see how important we are to each other's development, we can observe the effects of each interchange and how we have all either reacted or responded to the realities as experienced by each generation. And maybe, just maybe, you'll understand that if you're going to get mad, it's because you understood what and why scapegoats are created. Now you too can be smart to read in between the lines and spot the con. I'm Justin Paul, host of the Money and Time Machine podcast. Till next we speak, please stay safe. Thanks for listening to the Money and Time Machine podcast. And remember, you're either someone else's version of a Money and Time Machine, or you can learn how to become your very own effective Money and Time Machine and to live with purpose on purpose.